name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Beautiful account today of the Apostles' encounter with Christ. After his preaching, telling them to uh, cast the nets in an area where they had fished all night and were able to catch nothing. And then the subsequent catch of the fish, and all that followed. It's a very beautiful summary of kind of how we are called to interact with Christ and how uh, I think at times we do. Uh, The Lord calls us in several ways. He calls us in a a way where it, it... affects all our life, where we are going to work, what we're going to do, where we're going to live. Because y'all calls us daily. And that response to him in both those conditions, um, we need first to listen. What is God telling me? In both those situations, I'll talk about that a little bit later. And normally when we hear from him, there's an immediate question. But Lord... But Lord, we fished all night. I want you to move to Santa Barbara and take care of this community. But Lord, it's too expensive to live here. Oops. I'll take care of you. See? And then the obedience. Then we come with our obedience. And God blesses that obedience with an an abundance. And it transforms us. The way the Lord, the way that the disciples interacted with the Lord to begin with, they called him master, as to slave to a master. After the miracle, they called him Lord, as to children of a father. Kind of a transformation. And then there is a beautiful uh, dependence. We begin to understand that we're dependent on God, that we do need to ask him not just for the big things, but for the little things in life. And we're dependent on that. He's our strength. He's our foundation. He's our refuge. He's our deliverer. We begin to get the understanding that that's how we are to live all the time. And then when we begin to see his continual abundant giving to us, we bow in our unworthiness. Lord, how could I have doubted you? Every time I've turned to you and asked you, I didn't maybe get what I wanted, but I got what I needed. I'm a sinful man. Forgive me, Lord. So you see this beautiful kind of summary of how God approaches us and how we respond to him. The key elements here are one is to we obey, we listen and we obey his calling and we find in that calling that we live a dependent life on God in a very beautiful way. So let us go and look at these two aspects of obedience to Christ's call. One is where am I going to live and what am I going to do with my life? 
You know what, the story here, and you need to know this, the, this church was built on people that were looking for the kingdom of God. And they moved into Isla Vista, California to do it. They sold very expensive homes and moved into Isla Vista. Um, I remember a story, Deacon Howard and Gail, when they moved into town, um, at one point, they had to move in in a duplex, sharing the bottom duplex with uh, the Brandenburg family, which was crazy. We lived upstairs. And uh, Scott and Craig were babysat downstairs. So you had the whole Shannon family, the whole Brandenburg family, and Scott and Craig all day long downstairs. And uh, we'd come home at night. Jan and I worked at night. We had to come home and kind of sneak them out of the living room, bring them up to our place. But, you know, there was a joy in those times because we were there because God called us to the kingdom. What is my role in the kingdom of God? That question needs to be asked. You need to ask that question. What's my role? Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to live? What kind of occupation do you want me to have? These things are important questions to ask. And there will be obstacles. I want you to move to Siberia. But Lord, it's too cold. I want you to stay in Santa Barbara and minister in Santa Barbara. But Lord, it's too expensive. See, but the Lord. But, there's not the but. Lord, if he calls us into this way, he'll, he'll find a way to do that. My mom always says, oh, you, you decided to live here because the weather is so beautiful, Right? No. That's kind of a benefit. But we just decided to live here because God called us here. So where is God calling you? And what is he calling you to do? In the kingdom. You know, it's not just for us to see and understand that there is a kind of a bigger sense in serving in the church in some capacity. I think that God is, calls us in some capacity to serve the church. But um, that's, not, that's not everybody's call. Some calls, some are you called to serve in the community as a representative of the kingdom. Some of you are called to serve as good fathers and mothers to your children, as a good representative of the kingdom. But we're all called to represent the kingdom of God wherever we are and whatever we do. You know who your boss is? Yes. God is your boss. But we don't slough off. You know, the boss is out of town, so we're going to take a break. You know, the boss is never out of town. He's always in town. You, your service, our service to God as members of the kingdom is to glorify God and benefit others. In everything you do, that's kingdom responsibility. Where do you want me to live? What do you want me to do? Lord, in that, help me serve you and benefit other people. That's kingdom responsibility. I think it's very important that we kind of understand that and see that as a question that needs to be asked of God and we need to follow what he has to say to us. Where do you want me to serve you? 
So, secondly, the day-to-day. We, we are to ask God each day, what is our calling today, Lord? What, what, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to glorify you today? How do you want me to serve others today? We're telling somebody the other day that it's like the Lord every day lays out a red carpet for you to glorify him and benefit others. Every day when you put your foot on the floor, I want you to visualize a red carpet. You just follow that carpet out because God has designed a day for you to benefit others and to glorify him. There's not a day that goes by where that doesn't happen. Red carpet theology. We are called, beloved, to be holy people. We want to walk in the ways of God all the time. So in words, we need to be careful of what we say. You know, my mom, you probably heard this, if you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. (laughs) That's a great axiom. (laughs) She'll kick you out, right? (laughs) Ooh, we're getting a little bit uh, dramatic here. So, it's very, very beautiful to look at these things. Uh, But, you know, I remember, um, I still do this, which is kind of strange. I love to play basketball. Uh, I'm not, I'm just saying, I'm not very good. I'm not good at all anymore, but uh, I love to play. But one of the struggles with athletics is that you can, your mouth can run in the wrong direction. Somebody fouls you, you start lipping off. Somebody says something or does something crazy and you start mouthing off. I remember there was a moment and I talked to Father Richard about this and I told him that I was struggling with this and he said, take a vow of silence. So guess what I do when I play basketball? No talking. Zip it. Very important that you understand how to control your tongue. How to control your tongue. Just when you start feeling that little bit of energy, zip it. King John Chrysostom said there's two ways to defeat anger. One is don't let it get in. But if it gets in, don't open your mouth. And let it calm down. Another rule my mom says, when you feel that way, count to ten. Calm down. Control your words. God calls us to speak virtuously. So we need to be careful of that. So first. Uh, so we need to edify people with the words. In our deeds, again, we are to glorify God and benefit others in everything we do and understand that uh, every day God is calling us and puts us in situations to, one, choose for ourselves the right thing, but also to help other people. He puts people in your path all day long to benefit, to say a kind word to, to pray for. He puts people on the freeway to cut you off so that you'll pray for them. 
I think that's what he does. And he also puts them in front of you because he wants you to repent for the many times you did that to someone else. The red carpet is there every day for you to glorify God and benefit other people. Pay attention to the people that God puts in your way, in your path, every day. Say hello, smile at them, ask them how they're doing. It's very, very critical that we see this as what God has given to us to do to be members of his kingdom, to operate in that way. And then we are called to think good thoughts. You know, there's a beautiful uh, passage in Philippians. I'll read it to you. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good of, of good report, if there's any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. We tend to kind of lean over to that negative side. But St. Paul says, don't do that. This is where your heart will find peace. This is where you'll find joy in Christ. Meditate on that which is good and lovely and pure and, a, and noble, of good report. These are the things we should be contemplating allowing to fill us with spiritual joy. So, very, very critical. And I, I want to uh, encourage you in one, one area in this, because I think we do get bombarded by um, difficult thoughts. I, I understand that, and, and it, becomes, it is difficult for us to overcome those thoughts at times, but... Um, So how do we do that when the negative thought gets there? Have you ever had a negative thought uh, that's difficult uh, in your life to deal with? Ben, raise his hand very quickly. That's good. Ben is the most honest person here. How do you get rid of it? You have to bring Christ very quickly into the picture. and Let him sit next to the thought. Because when Christ sits next to the thought, He'll conquer it. He'll beat the thought. But you have to turn to him. You can't just find something else, but you've got to bring Christ next to that thought. Let me read this beautiful passage from uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses 3 to 6. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, those thoughts that are negative. Casting down arguments from every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. You bring Christ next to that thought, and that thought will be defeated. But as we tend to, we tend to follow that negative thought into more negative places. So how do you defeat that? Bring Christ next to it. 
let him sit next to the thought. He'll defeat the thought and then bring you to those thoughts that are pure, lovely, of good report. So, and one, one very important way to do that, and I encourage you to do this, is the use of the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. We pray that until he conquers the thought. So this is, this is our lot, beloved. To one, to ask God, what does he want me to do with my life to serve him, where I can glorify him and benefit other people? How do I, what do I say? How do I say the righteous things to glorify God and benefit others? What do I do to glorify God and to benefit others? And how do I think Glorify God and benefit others. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.